it says in verse, uh, we're beginning in verse 8, right? We've already read, Jesus already confronted him. Say, man, why are you persecuting me, Saul? What's up? What did I do to you? Right? And I'm paraphrasing. Look what he says now. He says in verse 8, it says, now Saul got up from the ground, and though his eyes were open, he could see nothing. You ever been there? And leading him by the hand, they brought him to Damascus. And he was there three days without sight and neither ate nor drank. Now, there was a disciple at Damascus named Ananias. And the Lord said to him in a vision, Ananias, he said, here I am, Lord. And the Lord said to him, get up and go to a street called straight. Come on, somebody. And inquire at the house of Judas of a man from Tarsus named Saul, for he got spiritual. I'm sorry, for he is praying. And he has seen in a vision a man named Ananias coming in and laying his hands on him so that he might regain his sight. But look at verse 13. But Ananias said, Lord, I have heard from many about this man how much harm he did to your saints at Jerusalem. And here he has authority from the chief priest to bind all who call on your name. I want to talk about this morning. God had another plan. Come on, let's pray. Father, we thank you. We're grateful for this opportunity and this privilege to call upon your name. Forgive us all of our sins, Lord. I know we've partaken of the Lord's Supper today. Clear our hearts and minds, Lord Father God. Free us now from whatever infirmities we may have. And God, allow us to hear clearly your word. Bless those who are listening now. May their lives be transformed by the renewing of their mind and listening to the word. In Jesus' name, the grass withers and the flowers fade, but the word of God will last forever. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank God. You may be seated in the presence of God. Thank you, ushers. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Amen. Thank you so much. As I said, we've been talking about Saul, and uh, we've been looking at how God, his, in, his encounter with God, and how God stepped into his life and began to transform him. And I, if I were to ask you, you would probably said, man, when I met Jesus, <laughs> amen, I probably went through some of the same things that Saul went through. A lot of us don't naturally come to God, amen. We have to either be going through something. Amen. Or experiencing something. Amen. Before we truly surrender our lives to God. It's amazing because Saul was not involved in finding God. God found Saul. I wish I had somebody. Saul, who God used in a mighty way, and I'll talk a little bit about that. Amen. Next week. But I just want to tell you, it's amazing that when Saul had his encounter with God, he was knocked down to the ground. 
Amen. Chapter 9, we find that the Bible says he fell to the ground in verse 4 and he heard a voice from heaven saying, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? The one thing that Saul found out in life and he recognized is that there's somebody greater than me. Come on, somebody. There's somebody greater than me, that there's somebody who sits high and he looks low and he's intimately acquainted with me because not only does he know my location, but he knows my name. The beautiful thing about God is that he knew you from your mother's womb. The wonderful thing about God is that he knew you and he created you, but even though you had a plan, God had another plan. Even though you and I were heading down the road of destruction, even though we were not living the way we were supposed to live, isn't it amazing that God stepped into our lives and turned things around and he, come on somebody, he did some stuff for us that we would look back now and say it was nobody but God. Can somebody say that this morning? That it was nobody but Jesus? There was nobody but God who stepped in and turned my life around. I was heading in the wrong direction. Come on, Saul was heading in the wrong direction with bad intentions. And so it's amazing. This week, I would like to look at what happened to him after he had his encounter with Jesus. May I ask you a question this morning? Do you remember your encounter? Do you remember the experience? Do you remember how real it was? For some people, they had to go through suffering and pain to get to Jesus. For some of us, we just got, we got it the first time. We're like, I ain't doing that no more. <laughs> Amen. You know what? I'm going to obey. But nine times out of ten, we were happy in our sin. We were going in our own direction in life, and yet God stepped in. At the right time. Wasn't it the right time for you? Amen. Wasn't it the right time? You remember that right time? You were at your wit's end. You were saying to yourself, I can't do this no more. Amen. I'm trying to make sense of my life. I want my marriage to work. I want my children to act right. I want, amen, to get along with my family. But it just seems like we can't get along. It's amazing how God will step in in times of crisis. He'll step in when we don't even know we need something from him. Ooh, I wish I had somebody. God knows what we need. And so we find here in our passage, we find today what I'm trying to do, saints. I'm trying to establish, amen, in this message and to show you God's way of preparing a man to step up for him. And so I told you that this book was written by Luke. If you want to know the history of the Bible, you want to learn the history of the church age, you go to the book of Acts. The book of Acts lays out, amen, the history or the beginning of the church. And so I told you that in beginning in this book, we find that there's all kinds of things going on. We find the, that Pentecost had already happened. Amen. We found that uh, uh, Stephen was stoned to death and Saul was there, amen, in agreement to it. Saul then went and got permission, amen, to go to Damascus to 
persecute Christians. You know, he was a man with bad intentions. And when I look at my life, when I look at really sit back and look and say, you know, I didn't really want anything to do with God. Amen. I wasn't for God. Anybody here was for God all your life? Amen. We weren't really for God. You know why? Because we were born what? In sin. And we were separated from God. But the the thing about it is this. You may not, you had a plan, but God had another plan. You had planned out your life to turn out. Anybody here, your plans didn't turn out the way you, mm, you thought you would be retired by now. You thought, amen. You, you, you were building your life on a fantasy and God somehow stepped in and said, this is reality. Come on, somebody. You, you thought that you would be at that job, amen, but God had another plan. You, you thought you would still be married, amen, unless God doesn't like divorce. But here's the thing. You, you did that out of disobedience to God. Come on, somebody. And God says, I didn't, I didn't authorize that. Come on, somebody. How I many made some mistakes? You messed up along the way. But even with, this is what I'm trying to show you. A man like Saul who messed up and yet God saw something in him. May I say this to you? God sees something in you. God knows you. And sometimes you may not see what he sees, but the beauty of it is that he is God and I'm not. And the good thing about it, all I have to do is surrender myself to him and say, God, have your way. You see, stepping up in life is about saying, listen, I'm not just going to step up to step on people. Hello, somebody. I'm going to step up because it's the right thing to do. And God is directing, the Bible says, the steps of a good man. Oh, 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 I wish I had you. I wish I had you. I got some Bible readers here. Listen, it says it's ordered by God. And if my steps are ordered, can I break some news to you? My stops are ordered too. Amen. And even when I go through the valley of the shadow of death, he says I'm passing through the valley. I'm not a permanent resident of the valley. And that's the beauty of it, that I must understand that even in the valley, God will order my stops to remind me, guess what? I am still in control. And so maybe you're there right now. Maybe you've stopped in the journey. And maybe you're lingering around. You keep saying, you know what? I'm going to get back to it. I'm going to get back to it. But listen, until you get back to it, saints, the plan can't go forward. But guess what? God will accomplish what he wants to accomplish either with you, oh, come on, somebody, or without you. And you and I have to make the decision today that we're going to step up and we're not going to stand on the sidelines of life anymore. And we're going to do something significant for the kingdom of God and and for the purpose that you were created for. And the purpose that you were created for, saints, is to glorify God. Do I have anybody? I told you last week that Paul, he was curious because of his crisis. So I told you last week. I told you that sometimes it's our crisis that causes us to want to know Jesus. 
Come on, somebody. I told you that he had to have divine revelation, watch this, so that he would recognize his sinfulness. You see, here's the thing. We can run for Jesus, but here's the thing. Unless you recognize how sinful you and I are, we can't, watch this, we can't really run because then we're running in our own strength. We're running in our own power. Amen. I told you that, not only that, but I told you last week that he could not stay down for long. What did Jesus say? The Bible says, Jesus told him, but get up and enter, verse 6, and enter the city and it will be told of you what you must do. You know, let me say this. When you surrender your life to Jesus, when you step up, you realize that this is something you must do. May I ask you something? What is it that you must be doing that you're not? Come on, somebody. Because whatever you must be doing, and especially if it's supposed to be something that, that's linked into the eternal purpose that God has for your life, then you got to start doing it. Listen, if it's reading your Bible, if it's, come on somebody, if it's coming to church, if you, come on somebody, if it's praying with your family, whatever it is that you must do, you must do it. It's an imperative. It's in the active voice, which means that nobody can do it for you. You have to do it. And that brings me to today's message. The question today is, are you ready to live for Jesus? That's a question I have. Are you really ready to live for Jesus? Are you ready to step up and do what God wants you to do? Amen. Or are you going to stay on the sidelines for the rest of your life? Are you willing to surrender your will for his will? Are you willing, come on somebody, to get into his plan so that you can pass the test? Are you willing to say, God, not my will, but your will be done? Are you willing to say, God, even though right now it doesn't look so good, guess what, Lord, I'm going to surrender to you. And guess what? I'm going to walk by faith and not by sight. You know why? Because I know faith comes by hearing. Come on, somebody. And hearing by the word of God. So if I'm not in church to hear the word, if I'm not listening to the word of God, then how can I understand his plan? And somebody here this morning, I want to say this to you. God has a plan for you. And not only does he have a plan, but he needs you to step up and get involved in that plan. Do I have anybody? Do I have anybody who say, I pass, I'm ready to step up. I'm ready to, I'm ready to take that step. I'm ready to move forward. Aren't you tired of being on the side? Aren't you tired of seeing everybody go forward? Aren't you tired of seeing everybody else move forward and make a difference and then you're still standing in the same place saying, I wish I could, I would, but I didn't? Amen. If it's going back to school, come on somebody. If it's getting more training, come on somebody. If it's, if it's doing something, amen, that's going to make you better, you better get up and do it, baby. Give God a hand clap of praise. You better... You better tell God, I'm going to do this thing. Amen. I'm ready. And so today I want to show you a few points. Look at verse 8. He says, Saul got up. For, so see, he didn't stay down, right? It says, Saul got up 
and though his eyes were open. See, here's the thing. Here's a man who was living his life. Amen. As a sinner. But now he has an encounter with God. You know what I found out? I found out that if you remain in disobedient mode, God will give you a disability. <laughs> I wish I had somebody. Here he is. He had an encounter with Jesus. I said, I'm not saying all the time. I'm just saying, watch this. Watch, watch what the text says. Text says he got up from the ground, and though his eyes were open, what did it say? He could not see a disability. And watch the text. And leading him by the hand, they brought him to Damascus. One moment, he was storming up the road, determined to capture and imprison Christians. But now he was like a child being led into Damascus. What's my first point today? My first point today is he was now in a position of dependence. See, the problem with a lot of us saints is that we are too independent. And when we think we got it going on, yeah, 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 yeah. When, when, listen, when, when money is coming in, when, when life is going well, when funds are coming in and we don't need God, we don't even need the church no more. Come on, somebody. We, we think we all right. But let me say something to you. God got away. How I many you know he got away? He'll knock you down where you can't see anymore. Watch this. And you have to depend. Come on here, Herd. You walk in front of me. You, you're going to have to depend on him. He couldn't see nothing. So wherever God was leading him, watch this, he had to go. He no longer could see anything. He couldn't see nobody. He couldn't understand anything. And wherever God wanted him to go, he had to put his hands on God. Somebody here this morning, I want to tell you something. You need God right now. You don't need nothing else. You need God to guide you. You need God to lead you. You need God to direct you. Now watch this. I'm pushing him. He needs to be leading me. Come on, somebody. Because sometimes when we put our hands on God, we start pushing him in the direction that we want to go. Come on, somebody. Amen. Thank you, brother. And so he was in a position now, come on, somebody, of dependence. Listen, in God's plan, watch this, Saul needed to understand that God can take everything from him. Oh, I wish I had you. He had nothing now. See, the one thing he had, <laughs> he didn't have it no more. You see, usually when you have an encounter with God, not only do you have this disability, but you have to become dependent. And listen, you have to stop doing it on your own. Stop taking matters into your own hands. Start praying about it. Start fasting about it. Start saying, because listen, if right now somebody, you're in a situation right now, you have both your eyes, but you can't see nothing. 
You know what that suggests to me? <laughs> you have a disability. <laughs> it tells me that you need somebody bigger than yourself. Because right now, the way it looks, come on somebody, everything should be going the way it's supposed to be going, but maybe you're blinded right now. Maybe you're blinded by yourself. Maybe you're blinded by your stuff. Come on, somebody. Maybe you're blinded by your circumstance. So the first thing he had, he was, he was now after he encountered God, after he encountered Jesus, he was in a position of dependence. But watch verse 9. Verse 9 says, and he was there. Three days. Is that what it says? Is that what the text? The text says he was there what? Hold on a minute. 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 Look what it says. And he was there what? Three days. Where was he? In Damascus. Where was he headed before? To Damascus. But he was heading to Damascus before he met Jesus with bad intentions. Now he's headed into Damascus as a feeble child. I remember the day God broke me down. Come on, somebody. I re yeah, yeah, yeah. Anybody remember? When he took you off your high horse and you found out that there was somebody greater than you. There was somebody bigger than you. There's somebody badder than you. You you thought you had it all together. You listen, you can't touch me. I look good. So guess what? I'll make it on my look. So I'll make it on my game. Well, I'll make it on my good talk. But guess what? God took that from you too, didn't he? And now now you're in a position where you gotta totally what? Depend on him. Now watch this. Watch the text. The text says he was there Three now here's 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 what I, I saw. I, I don't know if it was punishment or if I, I, I don't, let me say I didn't know if it was punishment or preparation. But I believe it was divine preparation. Because watch the text. The text says, and he was there how many days? Three days without sight, and watch what he did. He ate, he neither ate nor drank. Now if you know Saul <laughs> before you would know he boy loved to eat. <laughs> Amen. The boy loved to drink and party. I'm just paraphrasing. All right. But here's the thing. The Bible says he was there three days. Y'all going to catch on on the three in a minute. He was there for what? Three days. Let's see. He was there what? Three days. See, his condition was temporary so that God could get his attention. So the next point is this. Not only was he now in a position of dependence, but God was preparing him for his purpose. May I say this to you? You may be in preparation mode, baby. <laughs> you may, God is prepping you for your purpose. Now, 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 now watch this, watch this, watch this. Watch this. this is the part that really got me here. The number three is significant in Scripture. You know I was going to go there, right? The number three is significant in Scripture. The number three, come on somebody, Jonah, who was under divine discipline, come on somebody, was in the belly of a fish for three days. 
Why was he there? Why is three so significant, saint? Well, the number three, Jesus was in the grave for three days. Come on, somebody. And all through the Old Testament, you find the number three. As a matter of fact, the number three is mentioned 467 times in the Bible. It has significance. The number three here is a picture, watch this, of completeness. In other words, God had to take three days to get Saul to understand Man, you can't do this by yourself. I have a greater plan for you. And some of us, we want a quick fix to our problem right now. We want a quick solution to our circumstance. But God says, listen, you got to go through the preparation mode so that I can bring you out. Come on, somebody. Amen. I can bring you out better than when you went in. You see, the truth is God has to somehow disable us so he can transform us so that we can step up. It's amazing when I got saved how disabled I was, how feeble I was. Come on, somebody. And it was, it was through the preaching of the word of God that God preached life back into me. Because when I got saved, I felt like a dead man. I felt like I had lost, I had lost everything. But I did not know that God was preparing me for my purpose. Saints, I want to say something to you. God is preparing you right now. Listen, you've been saying it's too long. I've been waiting too long. Listen, go through the process because preparation will, watch this, will provide you, watch this, the confidence, watch this, that you will never go back. That's what preparation is all about. Preparation is about God taking your life and shaping you and saying, okay, you can't do that. You need me. He couldn't see. And here he is in this house. He had lost his physical sight. He was led into Damascus before he would have rode into Damascus as the man. But now he is led into Damascus because God had another plan. Turn to your neighbor and say, God had another plan for my life. Watch this, watch this. And here's the, watch this. Here's the first spiritual discipline that Saul learned when he got saved. The Bible says he was there three days, right? And what did he do for three days? Nothing. He said, you know, he said, I ain't got no appetite. I, I, he didn't eat nothing. He didn't drink nothing. So you know what he was doing? He had fasted for the first time. Oh, I wish I had. Saul learned the first powerful spiritual discipline there is in the Christian life. That if you want some doors to break down in your life, if you want some things to start moving and shifting in your life, you got to learn, you and I have to learn how to fast. Because fasting is allowing your voice to be heard in heaven by denying your flesh. And so Saul learned something and God is what? Preparing him for his what? purpose. Because when you keep reading about Saul's life, you'll find out that the Bible says that he went through much suffering. 
And listen, some of you got to understand that in your suffering, you have to learn how to exercise your spiritual disciplines, and one of them is fasting. The Bible says he ate nothing. He said, I didn't have no appetite. After that experience, <laughs> he said, after that experience, I didn't want to eat nothing. Because before he used to feast. Now watch the text. Watch verse 10 to 11. Verse 10 through 11. Watch what he says. Now there was a disciple. Now this is the part that really got me right here. There was a disciple at Damascus named Ananias. So the story shifts now from Saul to Ananias. And the Lord said to him in a what? In a vision. Ananias, he says, here I am. Here I am, Lord. (laughs) I believe that that's the response that we need when God calls us. Can I ask you a question? Has he called you by your name? Has he, has he called you? Then you ought to say, here I am, Lord. Here I am. Look at verse 11. And the Lord said to him, get up and go to the street called Straight. And inquire of the house of Judas for a man of, from Tasha named Saul For he is what? Here's the second discipline that Paul learned doing his transformation. What did he learn? He learned how to pray. And I want to say this to somebody. If you're going to step up, you're going to need a strong prayer life. You know why? Because Satan is always going to try to pull you back down. And so you got to fast, oh, hallelujah to his holy name. And you got to pray and you got to remember that God's purpose for you is bigger than what you see right now. Watch this. The next point is this. He was getting straight on straight street. (laughs) Let's observe God's plan. Watch this. Let's observe God's plan. First of all, God had a disciple at Damascus. Watch this. In place already for where he was going. Watch this. The place that he was going to destroy was the very place that God had prepared another disciple to help him. May I say this to you? This is why it's so important for you to stay faithful to God and to live for him, saints. You don't know when God's going to call you to use you to help somebody else to come to know him. Watch this, watch it. That's one point I saw, one point I saw, one, 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 one part of the plan. Watch this. Saul went from Crooked Street to Straight Street. You know, when you meet Jesus, <laughs> he'll do that for you. He'll take you from lying and stealing and conniving and cussing and come on somebody and all kinds of different things and he'll take you and he'll place you on a street called Straight. Now, watch this. Now, this road street, this word, this street is actually in Damascus. Right now, that street is still there. But the place where Saul, Saul was, there's a mosque erected there now. 
Amen. They destroyed the house and put a mosque there on the site. But, but here's the thing. God was preparing him, but watch interesting, very interesting, interesting to me. Watch this. It says, and he inquired at the, he says, inquire at the house of Judas. Now, I don't know about you, but that seems kind of strange to me. Here's another observation that I made of this passage of God's plan. This is why we don't count people out. This is why we don't judge people and say, he ain't going to be no good. He ain't going to do nothing in life. Because watch this for a minute. Now, Saul was going to that house either way. Now, some commentators said that he went to another believer's house, but that's highly, that's not likely because he was heading to Damascus anyway, and he was going to stay at, at Judas's house. Now, I don't know about you, but the last time I heard the name Judas, I associated Judas with betrayal. Did, did you, did, does anybody, we got some Bible readers in here, right? Did, did you, did, am I right? So, so here we have a murderer, a betrayer, and we have another murderer and another man with bad intentions, and they're in the same house, and God is saving that whole house. And you thought you weren't going to be saved. And you thought that you weren't going to be better. And folk counted you out. Watch this. The company that you used to keep. Come on, somebody. God took two enemies and transformed them for his purpose. You know what that says about God? He can do anything, including changing you and I. Because I never thought in my entire life that I would be standing here today <laughs> because I had another plan. Some of you say, oh, I, don't, I don't see it, Pastor. I don't see it. I used to look at my pastor and say, I, mm, I, no, sir. I just sit in the back. I ain't doing that. So what I'm trying to say today is if you're falling off, if you're struggling in the journey, John, Amen. If you're having a hard time, let me tell you something. It's not over for you. You know why it's not over? Because God got another plan. You're just not ready to get in sync with his plan. So maybe you got to go to your homeboy's house and smoke weed and play video games, right? Amen. For him to get your attention. Because he'll show up in the midst of that mess trying to hear me. Y'all not trying to hear me. You're not trying to hear me. Maybe he'll show up right there when you're getting ready to do something that's so destructive to your life. Come on, somebody. And he will transform you in the midst of you going to destruction. The one thing I love about God, he gives you enough rope, but he'll pull you back. Ah, he'll pull you back because he loves you. That's the difference. And when I looked at that, I said, man, this is kind of deep. First of all, he's in the house of a betrayer. 
Judah. Now, even though symbolically I'm speaking, okay, Judas had already been dead, but I'm just saying, I was saying, like, how can he have two enemies now in the same house set apart to do the work of God? Oh, I wish I had somebody. Somebody here today need to know that God is interested in you. But you don't want to have it to be a force thing. You want it to have to be a volunteer thing. I, I, I don't want to, Lord, no. First of all, I don't want to lose my sight. I don't even know what I would do if I lose my sight. And nine times out of ten, that's when we want to be committed. But if we commit now, watch this, watch this, watch this. The text says he was getting straight on straight street. Watch this, verse 12. It says, and he said, and he has, and he has seen, God was telling him, he has seen a vision, a man named Ionias come in and lay his hands on him so that he might regain his sight. You know, it's amazing. Here's the observation I made there. Watch this. First of all, I know he's saved. You know, I know he's saved. Because he got a vision. <laughs> Here's the other thing. He was blind physically, but he was better off than some of us right now. He, can, he could see spiritually. He was blind physically. Which is the better sight? <laughs> which is the better sight? Spiritual. So the next point is, he gained spiritual sight. If you're going to step up, you need spiritual sight. And here's what spiritual sight will do. You don't need to be there. Mm. You don't need to hang around those kind of people anymore. Amen. You, you, listen, you have goals. You have plans for your family. You have, you have a purpose now. Spiritual sight, watch this, will give you insight. Oh, I wish I had somebody. And, and watch this. And God will give you discernment to know what to do. You see, I believe that people who step up and stay up are the ones who can see spiritually. The next thing, now watch, watch, watch what happened. And I'm closing right here. Now, you and I got to be very careful. You see, this is why I've been in this series and I'm saying step up. Your life is important. Listen to me real good now. I want you to hear this as I close. Your life is important. What does the next verse say? The next verse says, watch what it says. And Ananias answered, Lord, I have heard from many about this man, how he, how much harm he did to your saints at Jerusalem. And here he has what? Authority from the chief priests to bind all who call on your name. Now, what did Ananias do? Ananias allowed fear and a reputation to almost stop him from doing 
God's, but by doing God's plan or operating according to God's will. Watch this. A lot of us are like this. We Give me the next point. Last point. Don't hesitate. You should have been joined church. You should have been committed. What's holding you back? Nothing. But may I say this to you? Your hesitation is what's keeping your family back. Your hesitation is what's keeping your children from experiencing a better life. Your hesitation, watch this. He says, I've heard this dude is crazy. And rather than, here's another observation. Rather than him saying, man, this is God talking to me. This is Jesus talking. Watch this. If you can't discern the vision, oh, yeah, it means you have no spiritual sight. He says, man, God, man, I'm afraid. Did you hear? Did you? Do you realize what you're asking me to do? (laughs) You see, he was afraid. His fear blinded him. Watch this from the facts. Write it down. His fear blinded him from the facts. God was speaking. God was sending him. Watch this. He had had called him to assist him in his plan. This is how God works. Had not someone come along. If you're reluctant today to step up and get involved, you may be holding somebody else's purpose up because we're all connected. What if he what if he would what if he would have given to the fear? Would he have stayed blind all his life? Yeah, probably. Did God know that he was going to hesitate? May I ask you a question today? What's your hesitation for stepping up? You say, well, you know what, Pastor, I have a family. I get it. But God says, I've chosen you above everybody else. And guess what? I have a plan for you. And with spiritual maturity, you will learn how to live for me. You know, I don't know if you guys have GPS. How many of you got GPS, right? And so I would drive with my GPS system and, you know, there's a voice. There's an audible voice that say, go turn right, turn left. My wife get mad because it's a woman's voice. She said, why can't you put a man on there? And, you know, I'd be talking to my GPS. Come on, baby. You can do it, baby. Come on, baby. Come on, baby. <laughs> you know what I mean? Then she went on and got one, got a guy on there with an Australian voice. I'm like, all right, all right, all right. I'm going to get you. <laughs> You know what I mean? Got a hole there. You know, I'm like, all right, cool. <laughs> you know, I'm like, all right. Game on, game on. And so I'd be like, come on, baby. You so one day I decided when I was driving, I said, you know what? I ain't paying attention to you. <laughs> so he said, turn right. So I went turning right. I said, no, nah, I ain't turning. I'm going straight. I'm going straight. I ain't turning right no more. You know, I kept going straight. I said, let me see what will happen. All of a sudden, the screen went blank, and she just shut up. You know what she was saying to me? You want to do things your way, so go ahead. 
And then all of a sudden, all of a sudden, along the way, turn right here. I'm like, where you been? See, that's how God is. When we get off the path, he's got his GPS in us. Come on, somebody. And watch it. When we want to do things our own way, come on, somebody. Every now and then, along the way, you'll hear, turn right. Oh, man. And then you turn right. And you get back on what? Get back on course. Saints, I can't stress get back on straight street. Here's the thing. I can't stress it enough. Ananias hesitated, but he would have interfered with God's divine plan for another person's life. You are, I'm going to say it one more time, important to God. And until you realize that and understand that God's purposes for you is that you step up to your potential and live out the plan that he has for your life. Give God a hand clap.